This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. y'all this is episode four of keeping it 300 brought to you by blue wire visit bluewirepods.com to see what else we have going on but most importantly make sure you subscribe to keeping it 300 on itunes spotify oh and please rate us and write a review we would really appreciate it with that said i'm fallon smith along with my guy james the man jones what's going down (laughs) self-proclaimed the man huh (laughs) <laughs> you know, I had to slide that in there. I'm going to pray for you. Uh, you finally have a mic, James. You're not using your yes. phone. I'm, I'm super proud of you. I know. I'm mic'd up over here, man. I feel good. My swag is all the way up. I feel like a new man. I don't work the computer, man. Show my little technology <laughs> skills. So it's all good. <laughs> um, why have you never had a laptop? I'm sorry to put you on the on blast, but you never Man. really use a laptop or a computer, just your phone. You know, and you're just an extremely smart dude. You don't really rely on a lot of this technology stuff, man. It's really just all programmed in the brain and you just, you know, keep keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. I cannot with you. Okay, so I'm trying to stay upbeat and positive. That's why I'm laughing through this introduction because we have some not so positive things to talk about. Like, mm, the Raiders are not very good. Not very good, James. <laughs> yeah, they're struggling right now, man. And, you know, I've been in this situation before. You know, obviously, you know you were covering us when we were, were 0-9, trying to, trying to find a win. 0-10. So, 0-10. You know, you know what I'm saying. So, <laughs> I mean, I've been through it before. I know how the players are feeling. And it's tough. It's tough. And then you got your head coach coming out. And you know what I mean? He's really saying stuff that's kind of causing people to even talk about us a little bit more. You know, but it's tough. But I think the Raiders, man, a lot of heart, a lot of leadership in that locker room. I think they will find a way to kind of make this season something out of nothing. Uh, We'll get to a little bit more optimism a little bit later, Uh, but this team seems so far removed from the 2016 playoff team a couple years ago. I mean, they weren't even competitive against the Seahawks, and that's very concerning. And after the game, I tweeted, as a joke, uh, Jack Del Rio is somewhere laughing, sipping on a wine cooler. And I did (laughs) not even realize how much traction that would get. I mean, it got thousands of likes, retweets comments but let me say this um again this was a joke but if we're keeping it all the way at 300 jack Mm -hmm. is probably somewhere laughing and maybe even a little frustrated because he got canned for that trash of a product that the raiders are putting out there but he's not sipping a wine cooler okay i get that he's probably more of a whiskey type (laughs) of guy it was funny uh people came after me and they were like jack del rio doesn't drink wine coolers i'm like can't you take a joke come on twitter Jesus. But James, <laughs> yeah. what do you think Jack is, is really thinking about right now, maybe feeling right now? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he's happy, you know, because I don't take Jack as that type of guy. You know what I mean? Just because he got fired, you know, you wish bad on someone. But I know he feels that he doesn't get the respect that he deserved. And he came in and took over a team and a roster that was terrible. And yep. he turned and he turned the organization into a playoff team, obviously with the help of Reggie and his draft picks that he brought in with Derek Carr and Khalil Mack and Gabe Jackson and those guys that helped. But he changed the culture over there. And this was a winning, winning football team that that stepped on the field every Sunday. And now to see the product that's out there, at least right now, through the first six weeks of the season, I mean, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch. And you think about still all the talent on the roster and the Raiders are putting out 
you know, performances that they're putting out. And you can't but help but look at the coaches. And, yeah, we know it's going to be some growing pains, whole new coaching staff, you know, different players. Coaches want to do things different ways. So we know it's going to be some growing pains. But one thing I did think that I would see with Gruden coming is just the effort and the energy that the Raiders would play with. And I seen yeah. that in and I seen that in training camp. When I went to training camp, I said, you know what? Yeah, Khalil Mack might not be here. And you know, this this may be going on and that may be going on. But if it's one thing I know about the Raiders, what I seen at training camp is they're gonna play with some of that passion. They're gonna play with a lot of energy, and that's gonna get them some wins to win some football games. And the last game, I did not see that. I didn't see the energy. I didn't see the heart. I didn't see guys flying around the field. I mean, it just looked like, you know, they were like, man, let's hurry up and get out of this one. It is crazy to see John Gruden's fall from grace and how it happened so quickly. I mean, he was so loved by the media. Uh, on Monday Night Football, Raider Nation excited to have him back. And to add to what you just previously said, they thought, you know, Jack Del Rio was like a Mark Jackson, right? And as you mentioned, you know, he built the foundation, you set the culture, you know, changed the culture uh, around that building. But it was Steve Kerr, and in this case, John Gruden, who would be the guy to turn this franchise around and take this team to the next level. And now he's getting ripped to shreds by the media, crushed by fans. He's obviously not helping his own case. You go back to, you know, obviously trading your best player in Khalil Mack. And as you mentioned a little bit earlier as well, calling out your players. I mean, throwing them under the bus like he did Rashawn Melvin. And then, I mean, I don't know if you listened to his press conference on Monday. You say you want to see more from Gary on Conley, right? He played zero defensive snaps against the Seahawks. Like, hello, he's last year's first-round draft pick. You play this guy. You're losing anyways without him. I mean, let him learn. He has the most upside in the corner group, in my opinion. You know, play him and see what you can get from him. Uh, get out of him. You know, I just don't get it. And then, uh, I don't know if you saw today, Gary and Conley, he, I think, subliminally tweeted possibly I mean I'm making stuff up don't want to you know be uh, (laughs) too dramatic and assume stuff but he tweeted don't let the behavior of others destroy your inner peace and that's a Mm. Dalai Lama quote but I mean (laughs) it's like crashing and burning and it's happening so fast six games into the season I did not imagine that this was going to happen especially this fast and you're exactly right. And let me tell you something. Winning cures everything. So mm-hmm. if Jack, I mean, if, if if Coach Gruden was coming out and he was having these press conferences the way he's having them, if he was calling players out the way he's calling players out, if he traded Khalil Mack away the way he traded Khalil Mack, and at the end of the day, they were winning games, yeah. nobody would be saying anything. So my message and what I even said yesterday on Total Access was enough of the talking, Coach Gruden. Yeah. Let's get this thing turned around. Raiders fans want a different product of football on that field. They want to win. They want to be in games. We don't want to lose and hear you get up there and crack some jokes in the press conference, you know, trying to make things a little better or call this person out. Listen, no more talking. Let's put the product on the field that we know we have because we still got a talented team and let's win some games and let's stop all the talking and get this thing done. But it doesn't help when we're losing and then you're coming out talking the way you're talking and calling players out because number one, not even to the media, but that's the way you lose your players in the locker room because when you say this about Conley, you better believe that they're all talking in the locker room. That man, he just called Conley out. He called him out. Why, why wouldn't he call me out? That's the fastest way you lose a locker room, man. So you got to start winning. Quit all the talking. And let's just go out there and play and win some games and get this thing turned around. I do have a little optimism in me. I know it probably is hard to believe. 
Um, well, one, before I say that, you should be in their locker room because that was like a really good speech. <laughs> it's a little motivational speech like, oh, maybe they could turn this thing around. Okay. No, but um, honestly, I'm on the pessimist side for sure. However, I find it hard to believe. I find it hard to believe that John Gruden wants to lose. I mean, he's a competitor. You know, people are saying, you know, he's tanking this thing, blowing this thing up. I mean, he's at the office at three in the morning, watches hours and hours of film. So either he's a terrible coach or maybe he has something up his sleeve that we don't know about. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And one thing I know about Coach Gruden is he is going to work his tail off, man. We know that he's a competitor. We know he's going to be in there, you know, sun up to sundown grinding. And another thing is, is he has great coaches on his coaching staff. So it's not all just on Gruden because he has great coaches on there. Like, Coach, look, we don't do that. They may have did that when you were coaching back 10 years ago. But nowadays, look, this is how the game has changed. This is the things that they're doing and all that. So he has very good coaches on his coaching staff. So, I mean, I don't want to say and even give him that excuse or even an excuse saying that, you know what I mean? He's a he's a terrible coach because he has great coaches on his coaching staff. And listen, they'll get it figured out. They have to. They have to get it figured out and tanking the season and all that. I mean, it's too much heart in that locker room. I've been I've been in the locker room with a lot of those guys. It's too much heart, man. They just got to try to find a way, man, to dig yourself out of this hole. And it's hard. Well, speaking of digging yourself out of a hole, the Raiders are one in five, one of just five teams in the NFL with just one win. So are the Raiders the worst team in the NFL right now? Are you really going to ask me that question? Once a Raider, once a Raider, always a Raider. (laughs) I knew you were going to say that. So let me go first then, okay? Because I don't care. I mean, everyone knows, uh, or most people know, that I was a Raider fan growing up. I mean, since I came out of the womb, okay, in 1984. Facts are facts. For me, it's a toss-up between the Colts, Cardinals, and 49ers and the Raiders. Now, the difference between the Niners and the Raiders is... The 49ers are actually playing their butts off without their freaking starting quarterback. I mean, they want to win. And I know the Raiders want to win, duh, but I just don't see an ounce of fight in them. So I'm going to say, yes, right now, Mm. they are. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I am going to have to strongly disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) And I... And I am going to say no. And the reason why I say that is because I'm going to take it back to the first game of the year when they played the Rams. Okay. The energy and the passion that they played with. And this is a 6-0 and team right now that everybody says can't be stopped is going to the Super Bowl. And at halftime, the Raiders had them right where they wanted them. Yeah. And it was all because how hard they were playing, the energy they were playing with. And we all know the talent that they have on that roster. And they have a lot more talent than a lot of these teams do that that have one win or even two wins or even are at the bottom of the league. So I'm definitely not going to say the Raiders are the worst team in the National Football (laughs) League because of all the talent they have. And if they could just ball up that energy that they had week one, in that Coliseum, in front of that home crowd, wanting to make a statement. Even Coach was amped up, passionate about everything, getting started. If they could ball that up and somehow take it on this field after this bye week, I think the Raiders can string together a couple wins and everybody will be saying, "Uh uh-oh, Coach Gruden has the Raiders playing some solid football. That's easy to say when you're playing the Colts and the 49ers next, both one-win teams. Hey, listen, like we always used to say in the locker room, you know, hey, hey, we didn't make the schedule. They on the schedule. They NFL team, too. They checks look just like ours. All right. Let's just say they do beat these two teams and then, OK, then you can make the argument. Well, then they're not the worst team in the NFL, but they're definitely playing like it right now. There's no argument about that. And, and when it comes to Derek Carr, a lot of people want to get on him, but this last game, I'm sorry, I'm not. I am not in no way going to blame Derek Carr in this last game. The yeah. pass protection, atrocious. 
He had no time to throw the dang football. The offensive line, just terrible. And it used to be the strength of this football team. Obviously, people are banged up. Now they're young. Uh, got some rookies, you know, on that line. They have to play right now. I mean, he got sacked six times alone in the London game. Yeah. I mean, it was a disaster. And then, obviously, they have this bye week to figure things out. But I'm not sure if they will, man. I think I think they will. But listen, when you're getting beat up and you're getting beat up and you're getting beat up, and you're getting beat up. Oh my goodness! To see that bye week come, and so you can just go <laughs> and and woosah and get away from the facilities for a little bit and get your head right. Maybe even talk to some of your family, talk to your teammates, go have a little lunch or whatever. But just woosah away from football. I wouldn't even watch it this Sunday if I was the Raiders. And then just come back on that Monday. Everybody fresh. Just got a massage. Sat in the jacuzzi steam room. We all fresh. We done flushed everything out now let's go to work and string some of these wins together you're a guy who likes to keep things in perspective did you hear what bruce Irvin said after the game <laughs> did um, you? yes I, I could, you can say it but i heard what he said a little bit i heard what he said a little bit okay so he was keeping things in perspective yes. after this terrible loss yeah. he said we lost but I've got a beautiful wife I get to go home to. I'm going to try and make some babies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, that's you know classic. What? That's classic. And you know what, man? That's 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 a positive attitude to have. And then going into the bye week, man, you got a little bit of time to make a couple babies. You know what I mean? And just, you know, hey, like I said, just let it all out. Flush it all out. Let it all out, man. And then get back there in on there on Monday and let's go. Oh, Lord, if I was his wife, I'd be like, oh, my goodness, my husband is crazy. But I still would think that was funny. Got to <laughs> keep it light. Got to keep it light when things are, you know, down in the dumps, as you have been through with the Raiders back in 20. 20- uh, 14. So I was actually in London. Before we get to the fan questions, um, I just wanted to let y'all know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but James was busy at the NFL Network wearing a terrible hoodie oh, uh, terrible. connected a- to his um, suit. Yeah, I'm going to wow. go there. I'm going to go there okay. right now. I don't know All what right. that was, bro. So while hey. you were getting that made, but I don't know who made that, but whoever called- made that should get fired. It's called swag, and you know what I mean? It was custom to the suit. It wasn't no clip on or nothing. It was just custom to the suit. It's, it's just called swag. You know what okay, I mean? Okay, it's called swag. Well, well, you were getting swagged out, or whatever you think is swag, because I'm sorry. I love you, man, but that was that was weak sauce, bro. <laughs> you should have just put a sweatshirt under that. But anyways, while you were getting swagged out, I was actually in London. Um, but the funny thing is, I was not there for the Raiders game. I was there for my best friend's birthday, you know her, Esther. You want to shout no, out Esther? Go ahead. No, Esther, no, no. no. Me and I'm, not, I'm, I'm not giving Esther no love on this podcast. Nope. <laughs> she's going to be mad. She's not Anyways, okay. So I was there for my best friend, my best friend Esther's birthday. Uh, so it was just a coincidence that her birthday was that weekend. We were going to go to the game, but then it was rainy and cold. I'm not about that life. And I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely spoiled. I'm spoiled because I'm used to being in the press box. And the tickets that we were offered were like nosebleed seats. So, yeah, I wasn't going to do it. Not in that rain and that cold to see a loss like that. No. But I will say I did meet some awesome Raider fans from all around the world. Uh, They turned up. They turned out. Saturday, it was awesome. So Saturday, I text you about this, James, because it was kind of insane. But I was just hanging out with my girls, eating lunch. And Scott Bear, my former coworker, he texted me to come to the Admiralty. It's a it's a sports bar there in London. And he said fans were asking for me. So I thought, oh, okay. Heck, heck yeah, why not? Let me just go in there. So big time. I, I'm big time. Anyways, I'm not big time like you. So I walk in and people are cheering. I'm like, oh my God, the love is real. But <laughs> but it was so intense because I'm talking about every diehard Raider fan in one place. And everybody who probably follows me on Twitter or any other social media outlet all in one place. It was crazy. Um, I took like a ton of pics. Um, It was super awesome just talking to fans from like Scotland, Ireland, London, Italy, people from the Bay. But before I was going to leave, I was there for already an hour. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to leave. So I was trying to get out of there. Um, And before I was about to leave, some Italian guy came up to me and, and asked, you're Fallon, famous American? And I was like, 
no, I'm not famous at all. What? You know? And he said in his cute Italian accent, you know, I'm not even going to try to do his Italian accent, but he said it so cute. And I'm like, nah, man, I'm not famous at all. But he said, no, you're Fallon Smith, famous American. And I started laughing so hard. And he said, the president of the Italia Raiders Booster Club wants to meet you. So I was like, okay, tell him to come down here. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's upstairs in the room upstairs. I'm like, yeah, it's a little weird. He could come down here. And he's like, well, there's a lot of us. So I said, okay, fine. Okay, fine. So I'm walking upstairs. I tell my girls, though, I'm like, y'all got to come with me because this seems, this is a little suspect. It's a little creepy, right? Yeah, you better have, better have you some backup. Yeah, so I have my girls with me. And I go upstairs, and you can see there's a room in the back with a bunch of Italian dudes sitting around a huge table. I felt like I was in the movie The Godfather or something, like for real. I was, <laughs> was kind of creeped out a little bit or like freaked out. So I walk in and it was quiet, kind of super intense. And then all of a sudden, everyone stood up and started clapping and cheering. You're a rock star. I was like, I don't know if I should be appreciative or I should think this is really creepy. <laughs> I mean, some dude knew my entire life story and he doesn't even speak English. It was uh. like the craziest thing. So anyways, my, my point is, I mean... It was awesome. They showed love. You saw passionate Raider fans from all over the globe. Um, and it's rare to find fans from Italy. You know what I mean? Because they, they love soccer. So I thought that was super, super, super cool. But I can't lie, Jay. I want to know your thoughts on this. When I left, I was super exhausted from taking like a ton of photos and talking mm-hmm. to a bunch of people about the same old stuff, about what's going on with the Raiders, John Gruden, Khalil Mack trade, et cetera. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a real life celebrity, because let's be real, I'm not, or a professional athlete being asked time and time again to take a million photos and sign, you know, all these autographs. So what is that like? Because now I can't be mad when someone says, no, nah, I'm good, because now I understand why. Because I'm telling you, after just an hour and a half there, I was exhausted, drained. Yeah, and you know what the tough part about all that is, Fallon, is you can sit there and you can take pictures for an hour. And then yeah. as you're walking out, another fan comes up to you like, Fallon, can I take a picture? And you're like, ah, not right now. And then all of a sudden they could tweet something out like, oh, she's terrible. She didn't even want to take a picture with me. That's messed up. But they didn't realize that you just took pictures and talked for an hour in there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard sometimes because, you know, fans come up to you and they feel like, you know, no matter what, you should sign it and, and things like that and don't know you might have just signed you know a thousand autographs in there they just going off of you know you didn't sign it for them and then all of a sudden there go your reputation with them they could tweet out crazy stuff and all that so I think that's the part that sucks but I like interacting with the fans I like talking to them you know I'm a people's person um so fans come up to me I'm all about taking pictures I'm all about signing autographs and all that and you know just talking to them you know showing them my personality I'm a cool cat and all that type stuff but yes after you do it for so long you're like okay I'm done you know and then that one (laughs) fan could come up to you and be like hey you'd be like oh man I'm done man I'm just trying to go get something to eat get me something to drink and they're like oh man next thing you know you look on Twitter like man James Jones turned down this fan like man I just took pictures and autographs with a thousand of them so that's the tough part I I get really humbled when people ask me for pictures because it's not really on a daily basis the Bay Area is so big and I'm just a little media personality so at a game when Raider fans are asking me for photos it's um, humbling and I am appreciative and I definitely spend some time and speak to them but I just couldn't imagine on the scale of professional athletes and and celebrities at all but I will say this you know me I'm super vain so like I was like let me see the picture make sure it's good let me take the selfie make sure it's good you really know me see that's why I can't be famous man because I'll be mad once someone tweets out a picture and I'm looking crazy I'm like nah you gonna have to take that down (laughs) you better better make sure you always on point because it is gonna be some pictures like that you're gonna have one eye open you're like dang I look crazy (laughs) hair all over here like man they didn't even tell me but no you're right and even when fans walk up to me I take it as a sign of respect. Yeah, like, for sure. okay, they respect what I do. Like, okay, listen, I'm on the football field. They respect the type of receiver I am on that football field. They're happy they see me. They want to take a 
take a picture, get an autograph. I take it as a sign of respect. So that's why I like interacting with the fans because I feel like, okay, they show me a little respect. You know what I mean? Let me give them a little respect back. Okay, so let's go back to the Raiders, down to some business, and we're going to take some fan questions. So it is time to keep it 300 with the fans. And number one, I think you're going to like this name. It's Justin James. Justin James. Yes, Justin James. I'm not sure if you're going to like the question, though. But uh, last name, pretty cool, I'm sure. (laughs) But anyways, okay, which Raider squad is worse? 2014 or this year's squad? (laughs) And Uh, and for those who don't know, he mentioned James was on that team. Cars, rookie season, Khalil Mack's rookie season. I yes. was there. It was bad for everyone involved. They started 0 and 10, ended up just okay. winning. Okay, okay. Oh, Do we have to keep bringing this up? I'm not done. No, I gotta let people know. Dennis <laughs> Allen was fired after oh they God. got killed against the Dolphins in London. But anyways, and rest in yeah. peace, Tony Sperano. He took over. Y'all won three games. So, yeah. um, anyways, back to the question: Which Raiders squad is worse? 2014. <laughs> Or this year's squad. First off, I want to say this. What was okay, the fan's name? The fan's name was Justin James? Yes. Okay, listen. Justin, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I want to let you know this will be your first and last question you will ever ask <laughs> on keeping it 300. No, very, very good question. And listen, I got a very easy answer, too. The 2014 team was way worse. And when I say way, I mean way Way, way, way worse, man. We, I'm talking about just from top to bottom, from roster. They have way better players than we had in 2014 right now on the Oakland Raiders. It's a, it's a way better roster. And they have better coaches. Well, here's the thing. It's a small sample size. You know some of the assistants I'm, I'm aware. But as far as like head coaches go, I mean, I guess you can't compare D.A. and John Gruden because John Gruden has won the Super Bowl, mind you, with someone else's players. But anyways, I was trying to say, let's break down position groups. And you were not trying to hear me. (laughs) Nope. Ain't no need to do all that. I'm talking top to bottom (laughs) rosters. This Raiders team right now, if they would have played like they played in week one against the Rams in that first half, they would have destroyed us in 2014. Okay, but I love that you're saying that because I honestly thought you were going to sit up here and argue the other side. I don't know why, because you're super prideful. And I was going to say, okay, let's break down position group. You know, Carr's 2018. You got to give it to him in 2018 because obviously he was a rookie. And then the running backs, obviously now, because you had, you know, D-Mac, Maurice Jones-Drew, and Latavius Murray, who they never played. And then when we got to the receivers, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, your, your wide receiver one was you. Yeah. Or you could say, you know, Rod Streeter, Andre Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then you're going to, and I thought you were going to argue with me and say, man, we were better. What are you talking about? Now, <laughs> if, if Jordy, if Jordy was, and Amari Cooper was sitting in front of me right now, I would definitely argue with them. Man, we way better than y'all. Y'all can't, <laughs> you can't mess with me and Rod Streeter and Holmes and all that, but I would be lying to myself. Jordy, <laughs> Coop, Martavis Bryant, they got a better room than us. Oh right my now. God. That's funny. <laughs> okay. So, I was just trying to like show you some love, but I'm glad that you didn't want it. I'm glad no, you didn't want it because I honestly right. thought you were going to be a baby and be like, nah, man, 2014, man, we have some dogs on our team. We have some veterans on our team. I'm been like, eh, James, let's break down the roster. Yeah, you know, I mean, I thought about doing that, but you know, I'm a humble man too. I know, <laughs> I, I know, I know when it's time to give up the fight. <laughs> okay. All right. So, question number two, uh, Bandito, he's awesome. Now, he has a question for you. Still feel Derek Carr is baby A-Rod? Hmm. And let me tell you something. I'm going to talk real <laughs> quiet and real real smooth to you right now. Listen, <laughs> That will never change. Okay. Derek Carr is baby A-Rod. It will never change. I got a chance to see this kid in practice every day, in the games, this is baby A-Rod. I know everybody wants to look at it right now. The Raiders are losing. They look terrible and all that on the field. But listen, this kid right here is special. And he will 
get out of this slump and bounce back and show people how special he is. And he will have the Raiders playing at a high level again, and they will be contenders pretty soon in some years to come. But Derek Carr is baby A-Rod, and that will never change. I actually agree with you on that one. So I'm definitely going to say you are right. Um, even though I obviously I've never played football, but you know, you played with guys yeah. like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, um, and also I guess Eli for a second. Yeah, um, yeah, you got you know, you know, I had a cup of coffee at the Giants, you know, and you know, hey, played with Eli, had a cup of coffee in San Diego, seen <laughs> seen seen Phillip Rivers. So, you know, I've been around some pretty good quarterbacks, so I know when I see a special one, and Derek Carr is one of those special ones. Yeah, for sure. I'm not giving up on Derek either. Okay, so Tanner, it's actually just a statement. Tell James the city of Green Bay loves him, and whenever he's in town, my mom will gladly make him some chili. My mom makes really good chili. Hashtag go pack go. It's cold over there. You're probably going to need some of that if you go there. Hey, hey, I love it. Hey, listen, I'm a, I eats now too, so I'm gonna hold you to that. I'm gonna come over there and get some chili, you know, some desserts and all that. I like all type of sweets and all type of stuff, so I'm gonna hold you to that. I don't know why he just offered you some dang chili. I want some dang chili, but I'm probably actually never going to Green Bay. So yeah, and you that didn't catch happening. no you didn't catch no touchdowns from Green Bay. They're not making you no chili. Bye. Was <laughs> like, it when you near the gym? Now you're a hater. <laughs> Anyways, okay, moving on. So AWB, which stands for Always Win Baby, he tweets, would you trade for OBJ? So I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to say this, but I'm going to say yes. I would trade both Amari Cooper and Carl Joseph for Odell Beckham Jr. His antics are a turnoff, obviously. But shoot, I'd be mad too if you're one of the best receivers in the National Football League and your quarterback can't get you the freaking ball. I mean, I know even when they were decent, he still was a drama queen, but I'm sorry, his talent, I'll take the drama for his talent. Well, my thing is, is who wouldn't trade for OBJ? (laughs) But the thing is, is you're going to have to give up way too much to get him. And number two, you're going to have to take on that huge $100 million contract. So which team wants to do that? For a wide receiver, I don't, I don't know. And as for the Giants, if the Raiders offered Amari Cooper and Carl Joseph, not saying they're bad players at all, but that's not a win for the Giants. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, I wouldn't make that trade. Now, if you're saying Derek Carr for for OBJ, and as a Giant fan looking at Eli Manning on his way out, bring it on. You know what I'm saying? But that'll be a stupid trade by the Raiders because you can't just let your franchise, you know, quarterback walk out the building and you get OBJ and ain't nobody throw to him. So um, if I was the Raiders, no. I love – man, listen, I know Amari Cooper's having a down year right now, but listen, I love Amari Cooper, man. And I know sometimes he goes through, you know, certain – you know, stance during the season where he'll drop a couple balls. But listen, Amari can run routes with the best of them. He has probably one of the best releases in the National Football League. He's an explosive wide receiver. They are in Gruden's offense for the very first year, so they're all having growing pains. But I think Amari Cooper is a guy that you keep. I don't even like that they have him on the trade block because I think he can be one of those top receivers. Okay, but why isn't he? As you said about the lulls within the season, um, there's been a couple of times where he, you know, have a great first half of the season, then he fall off. And a lot of it was injuries, but he would keep it quiet. He didn't want to, you know, use that as an excuse. He was injured uh, uh, for a couple years. Um, But I feel like there's no excuse now. There's no excuse now. I think I think Amari Cooper is a little bit like myself. And this is this is what I mean when I say that. Coach McCart, Mike McCarthy told me he brought me up to the meeting he said JJ you know what because I was going through a spell where you know I would drop a couple passes here and there and he told me JJ you know what I blame some of them drops on me I blame some of the way you've been playing on me and I'm like no coach that's all me this that has nothing to do with you man I gotta get myself ready he said no he said we broke down five games on you he said when we throw you the ball in the first quarter you always have a huge game. 
He gotta said, warm you up. Gotta warm said, you up. Yes, he said when we get you involved early, he said, not only are you playing harder, but you got a very good rhythm in the game. You got a feel for the game. And that's when we see your talents take off and you start making special plays when yeah. we get you involved early. He said, we looked at games where maybe you didn't touch a ball till the third quarter. He said, oh, man, you are terrible. And I said, oh, coach, I'm with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, because when I catch it for the first time in the third quarter, man, I don't know where defenders are coming from. You know what I mean? I, I, the last time I caught a ball was in warm-ups before the game even started. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's hard to get yourself in that rhythm. So if I'm a Raider fan – and I'm the coach, and if I'm Derek Carr, let's get the ball to Amari early. Let's get him started. Let's get him a little confidence in him, say, you know who. Boom. Let's get you started so he can be in the game the whole game long and make some plays. It's just like basketball. You're in a shooting slump, a couple layups here and there, and then all of a sudden you start finding your stroke. So, And then, and then you always remember when, when you was in a shooting slump, what your coach keep telling you? Keep shooting it, Fallon. Just shooting. keep shooting. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. hey, just keep on playing. It's going to be all right. It's going to come. Well, that actually goes into the next question from Joey Burunda, who actually is my cousin, a huge Raiders fan. Uh, my uncle, his dad, his name is Joe Raider. So this is how diehard Raider fans <laughs> they are with tattoos, Raider tattoos and everything. So uh, he actually wanted to know, thoughts on Amari Cooper possibly being traded? What is John Gruden's outlook on uh, making these big moves? Okay, so you don't like the idea? No. I don't mind the idea, okay? Yeah. Because he hasn't lived up to his potential. And um, a former general manager, he made the comment that the Raiders feel he doesn't love football enough, that he doesn't have the passion for it. And that obviously is going to be looking for a big contract this offseason, and, and they just don't think he's worth it. So if that's the case, why not part ways now? Well, number one, I would say it depends on what you can get for him. And then number two, I'm going to say what I just said. I believe that Amari Cooper can be a special receiver in this in this league. And he's shown flashes of that. You know, mm -hmm. so like I said, if we can just get him involved early, like all these quarterbacks and all these coaches do with their number one wide receivers is get them involved early. If you watch Julio, if you watch A.B., a lot of these guys are getting touches early. A lot of these coaches are putting them in position to get the ball. OK, we're going to do this formation, that formation. You see how the Chiefs are using Tyreek Hill to get the ball in his hand. If we can find a way to get the ball in the Coop's hands, I think. I think he's a special receiver in this league. And I don't think there's a receiver out there really that you can trade for, you know, that can come in there and be better than Coop and the flashes that, that Coop has shown. So I, I would not trade him. But at the same time, if he tr traded away Khalil Mack, Lord have mercy, ain't nobody safe. Hey, and I spoke to somebody within the organization and they said the exact same thing. Ain't nobody safe. Yeah. But – they did say the one person who is untouchable is Derek Carr. I think John Gruden doesn't want to feel like it's a failure because he said even, you know, when he first took over in his introductory press conference, if Carr fails, that's on me. Yeah. I don't think he wants Carr to fail. And I don't think he's going to give up on him after just one year. Listen, and let me say this. If you come in there and you trade Khalil Mack, <laughs> and then you turn around and you trade Derek Carr. Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. You're talking yeah. about people are going to lose their mind and go crazy. You cannot. That is one guy you cannot trade. He is untouchable. Leave him alone, Gruden. Do not touch him. You can't mess with him. And the fans will be going crazy. So, yes, he, he is untouchable. Yeah, he's untouchable. I would love to be a fly on a wall in a room where Mark Davis and John Gruden are having conversations. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to know how that's going now. Yeah, I want to know what the master plan is too. But if whatever it is, I, st I do believe in them because they got good players. Oh, but with that said, okay, so that goes to the next question. Ruben Mendoza asks, please tell me there is a plan, right? Hashtag Gruden era. You would think so. You would think <laughs> there is a plan. There's a method to his madness. You could, you could only hope. There better be. <laughs> no, listen. Listen, 
it's tough right now. It is the very first year. Like, even when people ask me what's going on with the Raiders, it's hard for me to put my finger on something because it's the first year. It's the first year with a new defensive coordinator. It's the first year with a new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Like, you know, you got to go through these growing pains. But one thing that you can do is the energy and effort on the football field be the same every single game, you know. But these growing pains are going to happen right here. It's 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 the first year that you've been with the head coach, been with the offensive coordinator, been with the defensive coordinator. Coordinator. So they'll be fine. It's a plan. They'll get good players in there, especially through free agency and the draft, a lot of draft picks. So I'm a believer in Gruden, man. I think he'll get it turned around, but I just think he needs to less talk more, more do. I'm loving the optimism. Are you keeping it all the way 300 though, Jay? All the way 300. I'm telling you, man. Let's go back to a conversation that we had after yeah. the game. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the Raiders? We had this conversation. Yeah. My thoughts on the Raiders trading Khalil? No. What? Well, we had this conversation after. I'm putting you on blast basically right now. I'm putting you on blast. I mean, if you want me to delete it off the here and edit it out, I will edit it out. No, no, no. Let's talk. What's up? I said, oh, my God, the Raiders are trash. And you're like, they are terrible. Yeah, they looked terrible against the Seahawks. They did. When I watched that game, I said, Lord have mercy, the Raiders are terrible. You know what I'm saying? I did say that after the game. And I'm I and and me being a and me being a former player going through that 0-10 season, sometimes I sat in my own locker in that locker room, like, man, we gotta figure something out. We are terrible. So I even know that's kind of probably how some of them feel after a tough loss like that. Nothing goes right, everything looks terrible. They look terrible. On Sunday, they did. And that's no surprise to nobody. That's no surprise to none of the players. And I know they know that we got to get better. We have to do better, and they will. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put you on blast. You are good. uh, You are an optimist, so I will give that to you. You stay positive regardless of the situation you're in. A couple more questions. Isaiah Aguilar, um, he asked, if the Raiders did want to tank, trading away all of their assets would be the way to do it. Am I right? I mean, yes and no. Hold Hold on, here's the thing. You already got rid of, and I'm speaking about John Gruden, you already got rid of a bunch of Reggie McKenzie's previous draft picks. I don't know if you're trying to send a message, if you really didn't like them or what. And now you're shopping around Cooper and Carl Joseph, your previous, you know, first round draft picks, your former first round draft picks. That shows that you're not worried about winning right now and that you're trying to win and rebuild for the future. Right? Listen, I'm I'm going to say this. I hate when fans and the media people out there your media, your media, shut up. No, but listen though, <laughs> I hate when they say tank it. No locker room in the National Football League is thinking about tanking anything. The players were never thinking about taking anything, no matter how bad the season are. It was is we started zero and ten, Fallon. I'm aware I was there. And there's not a game that we took the field on where I did not think we were going to win and did not want to win. When we was 0-5, I said, boy, whoever we play next, we about to beat – we're going to beat the brakes off them. We're going to win this game. We lost. I said, okay, we 0-6. Whoever we play next, we just got to go back to the drawing board, fix this. We're going to come back. We're going to dominate this game. We're not thinking about no draft picks, none of that. We got pride in the locker room. It's no such thing as tanking it. We are trying to go win every single ball game and it hurts me as a competitor to hear people say they're tanking it man listen when I take that football field I could get hurt each and every play ain't nobody tanking it I'm going out here to play my hardest to sell out and try to win ball games there's never in my mind been an instance to even think about tanking First of all, you're playing for a roster spot. Do you really want to lose, get a first-round draft pick, and somebody take your spot? Uh, No, you're trying to win, period. Absolutely. And even if you are one of those guys whose spot is solidified and you're not going to lose your spot, 
You have pride. It's not no, you're not tanking the season, man. I'm going out here to win every single game. I'm going out here to practice, to get better. The things I did not do right in the last game and the game before that. There ain't nobody tanking it. We are trying to win as many games as we possibly can. As a competitor, I'm trying to have the best game I possibly can to help my team win. Tanking it, I hate when they use that word. I don't care if you had the first and second pick in the draft on the line listen when we take this field we're trying to win every single game you think the Raiders will win more than three games oh man more than that 2014 season there's 10 games left what do you think man listen the Raiders the Raiders will finish this year strong I am giving the Raiders they have one win right now I'm gonna say at worst six and ten at best seven and nine yeah I agree great Ray has a question for you I love this question it's a good one um what is your Mount Rushmore of football teammates? So basically, you can only pick four teammates. <laughs> Come on, you man. You ain't going to do it. I thought we was keeping it 300, though. I thought Come we was keeping it 300. Come on, man. Listen, that is a very good question, man. But I've played with some... Hoo-wee. I play with some special people, man. And you, when you talk about Mount Rushmore of teammates, I mean, when you say teammates, it's a lot that goes into that, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just like my, yeah, not just talent, but off the field relationships and all that. And you talk about the receivers I played with. We had a special room, not only in Oakland, but in Green Bay, man. I still talk to all those guys, man. We had a special room, man. I would love to answer your question, whoever answered that, but I can't, man. I got to play with a lot of special guys. Oh, so you're not keeping it 300 no, today. I mean, I am keeping it 300 because I'm telling you I can't because, man, <laughs> it, it's just too many great guys that I played with, man and just special relationships I made off the field as well. So I, I can't, I can't. So let me ask you this. If we were to go offline and I was yeah. to ask you as a friend, who are the top four, would you actually tell me? Well, see, I wouldn't be able to give you four. Now, if you maybe had told me like maybe like top 10, top 12. Dang, I maybe, top 10. Yeah, I maybe could have got that in there. Because, I mean, Fallon, you know me. I'm one of the guys who I talk to everybody. Yeah. I don't care if you clean the toilets. I don't care if you wash the clothes. You know, yeah. I'm going to talk to you. You're going to be one of my best friends. Let's go grab something to eat. We're going to hang. We're going to chill. So yeah. I I hung around, hung around with a lot of the defensive guys. I hung around with a lot of the offensive guys, old linemen, you know, quarterbacks, receivers, like everybody. So, like, I know when people think they're like, oh, you got to pick a quarterback. You got to pick a receiver. But I hung around with everybody, man. So I can't. I can't. I can't just put four. All right, I'll give that to you. Yeah. Final question, but it's a actually he has a couple questions. His name's Dino. I went to grade school with him. He asked this question on Facebook. So loving the podcast, Fallon and James. So thank you, appreciate it. Um, with both Bay Area football teams struggling right now, who is under more pressure? John Gruden and the Raiders are under way more pressure, in my opinion, than the 49ers. Because one you took over a roster, John Gruden, and got paid $100 million, but you took over a roster who should be ready for the playoffs now. The 49ers put all their eggs in one basket, and that was to pay Jimmy Garoppolo. So, okay, his, he tore his ACL out for the year. Of course, you're like, the season is done. And the Raiders, you still have your franchise quarterback. You couldn't have said it any better, Fallon. Absolutely. The Raiders are under way more pressure than the 49ers. Listen, the 49ers lost their franchise quarterback. I don't care if they started out 0-5. That's still their franchise quarterback they're not playing with right now. And then you lose your big-time free agent running back you bring over there in McKinnon yeah. you know, for, for the whole season in training camp. So you don't even get to use him. on what on. And I think he was going to have a big year year the way Shanahan was going to think about even using him so those are two key parts of your starting offense right there that that you were looking forward to having the whole season to be able to help you so I think the 49ers them even being in games competing in games is a bonus for them right now not having those two guys but as for the Raiders, I mean, you have all the pieces. There haven't really been no serious injuries. I mean, yeah, we lost Donald Penn. But other than that, everybody we came into the season with, we pretty much have. And we're not playing up to those standards. So I would say the Raiders are under the most pressure. 
The second part of Dino's question, um, he said, politics and protests aside, do you think Colin is truly being blackballed or is it because not many coaches are fans of mobile QBs? I'll say it like this. Blackballed, blackballed, blackballed. <laughs> You're telling me Colin Kaepernick isn't better than Tom Savage, who the 49ers just signed? And by the way, I know uh, Tom's brother, so I kind of don't want to hate, but I'm just keeping it real. Uh, what about Nathan Peterman, Tyra Taylor, Eli Manning right now, Case Keenum? Like, miss me with all that mess. He is being blackballed, point blank, period. And I hope he wins his collusion case. So there you go. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with you on that too. And I, I just look at it from the standpoint of not even coming in there being a starter. But you mean to tell me that he can't back up one of these quarterbacks on one of these teams that even have garbage starters? That that is what like the Buffalo Bills are about to start Derek Anderson. Okay, that's fine, but you mean to tell me that Kaepernick's not even a good enough player to be a backup to Derek Anderson or a backup to uh, Josh Allen, Nathan Peterman. I mean, Jesus Josh Christ. Allen and Nathan, Nathan Peterman, Peterman I mean, shouldn't even be on that roster. God bless yeah, him. But so, Nathan Peterman should not be on that roster. He should not be in the National Football League. He is not a good quarterback. Yeah, I think this one is obvious right here. Yeah, obviously there's a lot of layers, though, to that we don't need to get into because a lot of people say, well, he's too much of a distraction to be a backup. You either put all your eggs in one basket for him and make him your starter and and allow the distraction to come, which is, in my opinion, that's a whole nother day, a whole nother podcast because we could go into all of that some other time. But that's the other side of things. People think he's too much of a distraction to be a backup quarterback. But he should be playing the National Football League. He's talented enough. Absolutely. So it's just ridiculous, and that's how we're going to leave it. Yeah. And then Dino wanted to leave with, um, he said, last but not least, I would like to thank James for always being kind and cordial. I ran into him a few times in his college and pro days, and he was always willing to talk and a true role model for all pro athletes. Keep it going, guys, is what he says. So. Oh, man, I appreciate you, man. Same same love and respect <laughs> to you, man. I appreciate that, man. And keep uh, listening to Keeping It 300. That's going to do it for this episode, episode four, keeping it 300. Make sure you download and subscribe and write a review and rate us on iTunes, Spotify. For James, I'm Fallon. It's been real. We're out. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metric's second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.